This is episode 91, and this is Creating Space. Creating Space Tribe, what is happening? Welcome back to the show, 91 episodes in. Rolling through this podcast is so much fun. Jesse Golden's coming on the show today. She is golden. I mean, she's a yogi, a model. She's a devoted mother, an entrepreneur, inspirational icon. She's an author of a book coming out called The Golden Secrets to Optimal Health. Jesse Golden is a badass. And she's not too bad looking either. She's a great soul, super spiritual, and her story is really rad. I mean, she overcame rheumatoid arthritis. Well, didn't actually overcome it. She has put it into remission and really dominates it. And that is power. That's dope. That's really cool. That's creating space. And I can't wait to share with you this incredible journey that Jesse's been on. She's an awesome soul. This is an awesome chat. Sit back, relax, kick your feet up. Not if you're driving though. Make sure you pay attention to the wheel. But kick back, relax, enjoy it. Jesse Golden, let's get into this conversation. Jesse Golden, welcome to Creating Space. What is happening? Not much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's so cool to see your progression as you're reigniting your brand and, and the single mom battling rheumatoid arthritis <laughs> and, and all of the things that you're doing. Got a new book that's out, by the way. You are really, really hustling. And, I'm uh, hustling. That's my MO right there. Hustle. Yeah, yeah, love it. I love to see that. I love to see the drive and the in the in the ambition. Has it always been like that for you? You know what? It has. And that's uh, it's interesting because that's actually been my biggest struggle is uh nothing's ever good enough. So sometimes I every day I have to learn how to chill. I gotta chill. That's why yoga saved my life. <laughs> All right, I'm starting to see it. Like I I know exactly what that feels like. My That's most true. common, my most common quote is there's always more like, where is it? I could always be doing more. Um, so yo- that now it makes sense how yoga and why yoga kind of came into, um, your realm because you needed balance, huh? Exactly. It really saved my life. You know, I grew up as a ballerina, which is, you know, you understand as an athlete and, um, everything is about being a perfectionist. And, um, when I found yoga, I really started to learn how to be kinder to myself, which I needed because, um, shortly after that is when I, when I, uh, got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Right. That was how long, how long into your process was that diagnosis? I actually got diagnosed at uh, the age of 29, um, which a lot of people think is young, but it's not, it's actually really common, unfortunately. And uh, I was getting my yoga certification during the time of my diagnosis. No way. So it all yeah. kind of hit you all at once. It all hit me at once. I, um, Coming from a ballet background, the transition into yoga was really smooth, the physical part. Um, so when I went to go get my certification, I kind of went in there with my ego going, oh, I just, I'm just going to go get my stamp of approval because I already know how to do everything. Right. And my body shut down literally shut down. And I, and I begged my teachers, um, if I could continue, you know, the schooling without doing the actual asana practice. So I sat through 
um, most of the asana practices and uh, was able to obviously get my certification. But what it did mostly was I always relied on the physical part my entire life growing up as a ballerina. That's how I transmuted energy and feelings and got through things and felt good about myself. And it was the first time in my life that I actually had to sit with myself, <laughs> uh, which, which, which is a lot of reason, you know, why people don't like yoga because they, they're like, it's so uncomfortable. I like to like get a workout and you got to actually, if you're feeling that way, you probably really need yoga. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm yoga should be prescribed for me daily. Um, yesterday I was on the mat, uh, doing a power yoga session and all of all of the fear, all of the anxiety that I didn't even realize was so pent up just came rushing out to me on my mat. So I can only imagine battling with all those things, kind of where you were and what that mat served for you during that time. What Can you walk us through kind of what that felt like? First of all, for those in the Creating Space tribe who are not sure what rheumatoid arthritis is, can you can you give us kind of a cliff notes overview of what it is? Yeah. So rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. Um, I kind of hate the name because people associate it with osteoarthritis or regular arthritis, but it affects all the synovial um, joints, but it can also affect your eyes, your teeth, your heart, your lungs, your entire body. You basically feel like you have the flu all the time. You feel like a thousand pounds. Um, and then, of course, you're immobile. You know, there was a point where I felt like the Tin Man. I mean, mine came on really rapidly because I right. wasn't listening to the signals. Right. Again, because I was trained to ignore my body my whole life. If something hurts, you fight through it. You get in the studio and you fight through it. And uh, I kept ignoring all those signals to the point where I was completely bedridden. And um, I literally couldn't walk for over a year. I would shuffle Around 3 p.m., I could, with the help of others, you know, get out of bed and then shuffle a little bit. <laughs> Meaning, no way. I could actually lift my feet up off the ground. I would just kind of slide. Um, yeah, so it was really bad. And um, at this point, there's a statistic that I just read that 60% of people are considered completely disabled after 10 years of diagnosis. And I'm at nine years. Holy yeah. smokes. And yeah, Philly Mobile, yeah. it's in remission still, right? I'm in remission. When I say I, I always say I'm thriving with rheumatoid arthritis because I do still have symptoms and I still do battle every day. But um, that's kind of what my book is about is I've learned how to thrive with it. And I have lots of tools through diet and spirituality and yoga, of course, right. um, that helps me get through it. I mean, we're all battling something and, and, and that's that's mine. My yeah, yours is yours is rheumatoid arthritis minus mental illness. I always kind of feel that dark aspect, that anxiety on my shoulder. So I know exactly what you're talking about when you say you have something that you're battling or pushing through. And we kind of need that, right? We we need the antagonist, don't we, Jesse, to push us to make us work harder for whatever it is um, on the other side of that that we that we see in our mind's eye, right? Um, that no, question, 100%. You know what I mean? That that question to you is, what was life like before rheumatoid arthritis, before this journey at 29 years old? Mm, that's really, I mean, it's interesting. I was driven. I was always driven and I was always athletic, but having rheumatoid arthritis really gave me purpose. Um, and I choose to look at it as a blessing because it's a chronic disease. I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. 
So I choose to be optimistic about it. And it drove me to go on to become a holistic health practitioner. And, you know, the people that I've been able to help through my stories and through my journey, it really makes the whole thing, you know, worth it in some weird way, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So it's that life before was it a hundred miles an hour all the time? Was there any yoga oh, that existed? Yeah. Any balance? Like explain to me it how. It was yoga, but it was hardcore. Was it? it? Was, everything was like, like I was bulletproof. I could destroy <laughs> my body. I could, you know, do anything. I mean, just weird stuff. I always thought I was like, you know, I, I don't know. I was just always athletic and very hard on myself. So um, pushing myself 90 miles an hour, single mother. I was actually breastfeeding still when I got diagnosed. I had my son naturally at home, you know, in a pool. Like, I mean, everything I did was very extreme. Nothing was normal. <laughs> well, what is normal, right? For, for those of us that are A-type that love to push that I'm just yeah. like you. I saw my father wake up at four o'clock in the morning, go to work all day long, come home, work in the yard, go to bed at nine 30 and do it all over again the next day. So that is our inherited legacy. I would assume you said your mom owned a dance studio. Oh yeah. And I hear her voice in my head all the time. And I, I mean, I'm so grateful, so I don't want to say anything negative, but, um, I have a hard time resting mm -hmm. because when I was a kid, like if I were to take a I never took a nap, but if I were to just chill for like a minute, she'd be like, what are you doing? Why aren't you, you know, working out or doing your homework or do it like doing something. So right. I always associated, um, not, uh, I always associated resting or taking any time for myself being non-productive, being a loser. Right. So I thought if I was going and always doing, then I was doing the right thing. And what I'm learning through, you know, the last couple of years of my life is doing isn't always, you know, it sometimes is counterproductive. Absolutely. And, and I had a feng shui practitioner on the show a few months back. Um, and she wrote the book, uh, feng shui simply. And she talks about that aspect of there being the, the neutral phase and then the drive phase, right? So the drive phase is when you're ambitious, you're pushing towards something. And it's a, a lot of times it's disadvantageous to stay in that because you miss a lot of the opportunities that may the universe may present to you um, as if you were in in the open mode, right, or in the neutral space where you're not pushing so hard, you're allowing things to happen, and you're kind of going with the flow. Um, a really great quote that I saw on, that you have on your uh, on one of your IG posts was the quote was for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must come completely undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. Mm -hmm. To someone who doesn't understand growth, it would look like complete destruction. That's a Cynthia Ocelli quote. I think it's incredibly powerful. Can you tell me what that quote specifically means to you? That's such a rad quote. That's just like, ugh. Yeah, that's powerful, right? Yeah. I mean, really, when I think about that, like, you know, the whole rheumatoid arthritis, like, Normally, um, I would drive through everything and I would just fix it. And with rheumatoid arthritis, I had to go through this whole healing process of like finding out what works for me. And I actually got way more sick before I got better. I mean, I was 90 pounds. Like I said, I couldn't walk and I was on a healing diet. So I was, um, discharging anything. Like when you go on a healing diet, 
you discharge anything bad that you've ever put into your body. So, I mean, I had like, it was disgusting. Like your gums bleed, you have black shit coming out of your nose and crazy (laughs) stuff happens to you. No way. Yeah. Your body just like releases everything. So, um, I got way worse and it was all part of the process for Mm. me to get, you know, to where I was, you know, but at the time, if someone saw me, they would be like, she's going to die. But it was all part of it. So tell me this. What did you learn about yourself through that process? You're having to allow others to come into your environment to take care of you. You're having to see yourself dismantled and not as strong as you once thought. Tell me what you learned about yourself in those moments. Well, it was the most humbling experience. Um, I had never, and I mean never, in my entire life asked for help until that point. Right. And the only time, the only reason still to this day that I even asked for help was because of my son. He was three years old when I got diagnosed, and it got to the point where when I was immobile and I literally could not help, I couldn't take care of him, I had to ask my mom and um, some dear friends came in and and helped. And that was really just so humbling having to put my tail between my legs and accept people to help me, which was a whole new feeling. Right. Right. You know? What do you have for the creating space tribe? We have a lot of people who come to us for motivation and inspiration through adversity. And that's a massive struggle with adversity that you had, but you had a community, a good, strong community around you to help you through that, which is so important, right? What advice do you have to the person who is going through the adversity and might feel alone. Ooh, that's cha- that's really challenging. But you know, you have to. You know, no one's going to come knock on your door. So I always think it's a good idea to like look out. I always say look past your own eyelashes all the time, and then you develop you know develop that community. Like no one's just going to come knock on your door and ask you for help. So just be a good person all the time, and you have to be a good friend in order to have good friends. And, um, I was lining them up for years and I never asked for help, help. you know, I I had a tribe and I, and I'm so grateful and I still do, you know, um, but you're not alone. We're all going through it together. I really believe in that too, you know? Yeah, no, I think a lot of people struggle just like you did to ask for help. It's a humbling, humbling experience being in a place where you know you need help. Um, There have been multiple times where I've been on the edge of panic, right? Almost dealing with a panic attack on the edge. And I've had to learn my triggers, learn what gets me to that point, and then know intuitively who the people are that can pull me and walk me out of those moments. And my uh, panic attacks are few and far between now. But it's just like you said, it's about learning yourself. You spoke a lot about your son. Talk to me a little bit about that relationship and what that's taught you and how he, what he's taught you and maybe what you're looking to teach to give to him because it looks like he is your legacy. Thank you so much. Yeah, he's my greatest teacher for sure um, in, all, in all aspects and continues to be. And, and I, I love being a mom. And, um, you know, he's going to be 13. So it's so funny. So we're like, is he into yoga? Is he, is he a vegetarian? Is he? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> but he's 12. And, you know, I'm just, as a mother, I think communication is like, the. I mean, anything, I guess, communication is the most important thing. But we have an open dialogue. I teach him as much as I possibly can. And I feel like at some, like someday it's just going to click. I mean, he's such a good soul and, and you can't teach that. He's just such an amazing, um, 
kid and I, and I have really big, I think he's going to, he's going to do big things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, he's, uh, he's got a great role model. Um, and it's a, it is, that's a good opportunity to kind of talk about what's important for you to, to pass on in your legacy. What parts of you are you, are you really making sure that you pass on to him so that he can carry those, those things along with him? Well, being a good person is number one, and he's got that on lockdown. Sometimes he's too kind, and that actually scares me more um, just because he's so he's so loving. He's all loving. He grew up in that environment. Um, but just to be, I think, optimism, and, like, I'm trying to teach him now that, like, you know, the, the lessons always are always going to be there. Like, it's not just one day you're going to wake up and everything's going to be great. Like right. things are always going to be challenging, but your power is in how you choose to look at it. And yeah. so I'm trying to teach him to be, you know, just be positive and, and no matter what happens, um, look at the bright side of things. So what do you, what do you say to him when he comes to you going through adversity, you see him going through a hard time, um, he's just about to get into girls, I would imagine, and going through breakups. Like, are you prepared? How how do you teach your son to go through adversity? <laughs> yeah, he's going through all of that right now because um, he's in middle school. You know, it's so funny because I'm like, one day he's just going to – like, I think he hears like all these funny quotes that I tell him all the time in his head because I always – I have like a quote for everything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but – uh, we have a lot of talks. I mean, there's so much, but anytime he goes through something, I mean, we make eye contact, we connect, like I got to get into his soul and like, make sure he's good. You know, that's like, that's the only power I have as a mother because I've done as much as I can now, but he spends most of his time at school and he's in the world and he's with his friends. So I have to just hope that, you know, what I've taught him is going to click. Yeah. So when he's going through stuff, I make sure that like I connect with him and, and, and he's good. He's solid, you know? So let's stick here, Jesse. Talk to me about that soulful connection that you desire. Is that just with your son or is that with everyone you come in contact with? No, I wouldn't say everyone because I get, I tend to take on a lot of people's energy. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to like almost protect myself. But, um, I mean, my son, obviously, you know, the connection is so, is so primal and, and, you know, it's beyond, it's, it's like nothing I've never experienced before. Unconditional love. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a tribe of, of sisters, I call them and my family, of course, that are my, my unit and, uh, connecting with them is, is so important. Yeah, there's nothing more intense, I believe, than that real connection with someone, and and it's um it's something that I was never aware to until my injury and my battle with 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 mental illness. You know, I never had any clue, and it wasn't until yoga came into my life and started to allow me to get this deep relationship with myself. I was shedding away all these insecurities. Jesse, I wanted to be the fastest guy in the room. I wanted to be the most handsome. The, I wanted to have the best banter with the with the ladies. I, the ridiculous amount of insecurities that I felt the way to mask those was just be the best wherever I went, right? I wanted to be the alpha. And it wasn't until I started to step my foot on a mat that I started to wear away or alchemize those insecurities and just kind of look at myself and say, all right, man, <laughs> here you are. This is what it is. And instead of trying to be what you think other people want you to be? How about that you just meet them where you are 
and see how that goes. And ever since I made that decision, Jesse, my life has substantially changed. And it's such an interesting process to kind of be the observer and the interpreter all at the same time, you know? When did your life kind of shift towards spirituality and, and growing and falling in love with yourself and that whole process? When did you go through that? Well, first of all, I love that story. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, Jesse, if you'd have met me, if you'd have met me four or five years ago, which I think in the most non-creepily way ever, I, that was right when I was with the White Caps and I love you know, that. everyone started following Jesse Golden. But <laughs> if you'd have met me at that time, there would have been no chance you would have wanted to continue a conversation with me. However, through the hardest time of my life, almost climbing the side of a bridge to take my life, came this new side of me just that where I realized how empathic I was and aware to energy and how I had to protect myself from other energies. And, and I went on this spiritual journey of seeing myself for who it was. And I wonder, like, I wonder if other people do that too, or if it's because I'm so introspective and want to learn more and want to discover more and keep diving deeper, you know, underneath the layers. What is your mindset on that spirituality and that spiritual journey? Oh, I could go on forever. I was actually a really weird kid. I was super <laughs> spiritual and, and uh, not that that's weird, but I was always, um, I mean, if my son did half of the things I did, I would be like, we need to go to a psychologist <laughs> because I was like, I always wanted to be alone. And I mean, I was talking to spirits and like stuff like that. So I had, I actually, my, I think my story is like different than other people because I actually had a hard time feeling comfortable in this body, as weird as that sounds. Wow. Like as a kid, I was so out there and I was so with the spiritual world that I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really here. I really don't think I was here. And, um, and I actually went through a phase where I experimented with drugs and I did that whole thing as a teenager, which I didn't need drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm already there. I'm already there. I don't need to yeah. I don't need anything to get me there. And um and then obviously through yoga, um everything connected and I was able to ground myself again. And now it's like that that balance where I'm there, I'm in that spiritual world all the time, but I've also learned how to be here and be grounded and connect with people you know, yeah. as weird as that sounds. <laughs> no, no, Jesse, believe me. Um, there are so many stories that I could tell you about the spiritual realm and how I'm connected to it and how it presents itself to me on a, on a moment to moment basis. And that level of awareness now is to a place where I can see it and I can honor it and I can have direct communication when it happens. And that's what allows me to kind of stay in abundance and stay in gratitude because I'm always almost looking for them. Sometimes you could say I may be creating them on my own, right? But um, I desire that soulful connection so much, right? Where I may go on a date and I'll know instantly whether the, this girl is a, awake, alive, you know, right. and, and you can know immediately, right? And it's almost harder, makes it harder to even date because they're, it's such a, a challenge to find someone who has that soulful connection. So now it's about changing the environment and putting myself and go where they go. Right. Um, yeah. What's that like for you? You know, look, obviously very beautiful, obviously extremely fit and alive and awake. What is a dating like life like for you? You, you know, you have a level of fame, you have a, a level uh, of notoriety and, and there's an expectation, right? 
talk to me a little bit about what your dating life is like. Oh, geez. <laughs> when <you laughs> was off limits, I should have said this. No, but I don't care. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not, I, well, dating, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a, it's challenging, first of all, because I'm a mother. So that's like my first, first and foremost. But I mean, yeah, I know right away if I connect with somebody or not. You know, it's like, it's so easy. It's like, yes or no. And I don't waste my time. And then it's like, all right, how do I, do I pay for the meal? Do I say I have to go? Like, how do I get out of this situation? So Maybe do like a FaceTime call before you go on a date. (laughs) Yeah, this is a good point. This is a good point. That's funny. Yeah, no, there must be, um, it must be a dynamic for you to have to tread lightly with your image and with your brand and being seen around you know, with, with different people and, and as well with the dynamic with your son. So it must be interesting for you to have to put people through a filtration process to, to be able to date. And I'm almost at the point now where I'm like, I'm just going to dive myself into my work and not even care. You know, I think everyone gets to, to that kind of point, um, to pivot kind of out of this, Jesse, I want to talk to you a little bit about there's this four quadrant uh, value system that I kind of organize my life by, right? It's called STIL, S-T-H-L. First is self, okay? Leading, taking care of yourself. First thing you do in the morning, do something to ground you, get you moving in your life. Second is your tribe. So once you take care and you feel you're fulfilled and self-supported, you can then move to your tribe and the people that you care about next. After that is the hustle part of it, right? So my hustle is my my the, life. Yeah, right. Like that's <laughs> that's where I exist in most. So I love it. so that's that's the professionalism aspect, and then the last part is the L, which is the legacy, and that's why I built creating space to get people focused on opening up an avenue for their best life every single day. So of the self, the tribe, the hustle, and the legacy, which of those four quadrants right now are you really kind of focused in? I'm hustling right now. Yeah? And yeah, everything's coming together because, you know, I was working on this book and then the Golden Secrets, my my company, my skincare company is expanding as we speak. And I'm literally doing everything on my own. I'm a one woman show. Let's so, go, Jesse. Let's yeah, go. I so love everything's that. Everything's like bursting right now. That's how I feel. Like I've been in labor and now everything <laughs> is bursting right now. So um, the hustle's real. The hustle's real right now. Yeah. So what, what ignites you in the hustle? What do you do every day to make you more focused to get shit done and take care of business? I have to, you know, I think, I think that's part of it too. I mean, I'm a single mother and, and, you know, I do everything because for my son, but I mean, I literally have to, I don't have, uh, there's no other options. You know, this is, this I do. Yeah, it is you. It is you. (laughs) Um, what's your favorite part of your hustle? Oh, uh, favorite part of the hustle stuff like this. Yeah. Where I get to share my story and like, you know, hopefully connect with new audience and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you, are you getting into more podcasts more often? What, what are you doing on a daily basis to, to get your message out into new audiences? Well, you actually are the first one, um, the first podcast I've done since I released my book. But I've, it's interesting, like three other ones just popped up in the last week. 
Yes. So hopefully I'll be doing some more. Well, we have a bit of a platform now that's extended, which hopefully that'll, th- those that are listening to our show can, can reach out to you and know that there's an opportunity to be able to, to tell your story and access their market and inspire. Um, okay. Of the four quadrants, self and tribe and hustle and legacy, hustle is where you're at right now, right? Which of those four boxes do you need to create some space to give, give a little love to? Um, I would say tribe because I just made a promise to myself where I was saying no a lot because I was kind of hibernating and I was working so much. Yeah. So a lot of people were, uh, you know, wanting me to connect with them. And I was like, no, I'm busy. I got to do stuff. Right. And, uh, and then I realized that when I was connecting with people, it was actually becoming, I was being more productive and I was, um, Anyways, I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to say no. So when people ask me, let's do this, I say, okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like Yes Man, the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. It's just you have to say yes to everything that yeah. comes your way, huh? Yeah. That's what what have you saying. said yes to most recently that you're so pumped that you said yes to? It was a great experience. This is kind. This is kind of a bit. This is kind of a big deal. But Russell Simmons is one of my friends, and this morning he said he's going. We're going to do like a book launch and. Uh, um, uh, like a Q and A at his studio, so it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's you wicked. Do it? And I said yes, even yeah. though I was a little scared. Right. But I would love the opportunity, of course, to share my story. We're going to do a little cl- a class and a lecture after the class, and then um, talk about my story and my book. So I would I'm love to be able to do what I can to push your book here in the in the Carolinas. Um, I, any way that we can here at Creating Space can help you extend your message and get get what you need out across in the Carolinas. Would love to be a part of that. Um, let, let me talk about a little bit of this. When it comes to legacy, the last quadrant, the, the quadrant that is um, going to reverberate with your books and your ideas, you know, all of these things that that you're trying, the impact that you're trying to make in the world. What does that legacy look like for you when you reverse engineer it? (laughs) I just like, uh, (laughs) it's funny, but I just want to be a light. I just want to share my light and I want to be able to connect and help people that need it. And, um, Mm. through my products, through my book, through my story, through every, every single thing that I do, that is the basis of it. As uh, I, I almost, you know, when I get around people, I want to make them feel good. And it's kind of like, that's what my whole brand is. I want when they have a piece of it, when they have the book, when they have this, it makes something about their life. Okay. It inspires them and empowers them. And, um, I'm hoping that that that's, I know that that's going to carry on way past, way past me. Yeah. You're already doing it. <laughs> you know, when people ask me like, Wes, what are you doing? What, what is creating space? Who are you? The only thing I tell them, like you say, you're a light. I, I'm just energy. Right. And the, the, the only thing I want to do is I want to take my magic and hopefully allow you to unlock your magic. Right. So it's, it's just obvious why I wanted to bring you on the show because it's what you do on a day-to-day basis. You just want to help other people get better. So when it comes to your life hacks, your, your tips and your tricks to be a better version of yourself for the creating space tribe, what do you do on a daily basis to create space for your best self? I mean, there's a lot and I do talk about a lot of these different, uh, modalities and things in my book, but alone time is, is just crucial for me. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I craved that and I didn't understand what that was. 
And now, um, you know, meditation is actually becoming cool, which is so rad. Like <laughs> alone time. It is being so cool. hard, Jesse. Meditation <laughs> is so hard. So tough. Yeah. It is tough, but it's so amazing. Like even today when I was saying I said yes to to doing this uh, uh, book signing and I was having a little bit of anxiety and fear, you know, and self-doubt and, oh my gosh, well, these, you know, yogic scholars are going to be there and what am I going to have to say to them? And then I went into my meditation and it's just like that that voice, which is always there, but you can't hear it unless you spend time alone, just popped in and was like, literally was like, you're going to tell your story, you dumbass. Like, <laughs> you got this. Like, yeah. What no, are you talking this about? Is like, this is nothing you can teach. Like, this is what you're doing. Like, yeah. You have this is your life. life. This, this is, is, your this life. is what you're here for. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And had I <laughs> gone into that, you know, moment by myself, I probably would have gone through the whole day with a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, no, our gremlins are powerful, right? And and they will overtake us if we allow them to. Jesse, it's been a, a great, a great interview. I, I really like diving into your mindset and seeing kind of what makes you you. For the last piece of this, as we close it out, I want to throw a couple hot round questions at you. I want you to just give me what comes to your mind first, and then we'll close it out. First question in the hot round, what do you have to say to your haters? I love you. Ooh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, Only love can kill hate. Absolutely. Only light. Only light can drive out dark, right? Um, What advice do you have to the Creating Space tribe members who are going through highs and going through lows, specifically the lows? It's all part of the process. You can't experience the highs without the lows. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, What do you have to say about balance? We're always like, there's not a magic pill for balance. It's a constant daily effort. And we're all trying to find that balance. Everybody is. What about love? Love. Love is everywhere. It's energy. You don't have to focus it on one person. You can spread it around. (laughs) Last one. What do you have to say about legacy? Legacy. What do I have to say about it? Oh, that's hard. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything huge. You know, I lost my grandma a year ago and um, I could go on about how amazing she was. But when I think about her legacy, it's the little jokes and it's the little moments that I had with her, the little songs. So it's not about, you know, you don't have to create an empire to be, you know, no, to have a legacy. It's, it's, the mo- it's those small moments with people that you share, those intimate moments that is going to live on forever. Powerful. You know? Powerful, powerful stuff. Jesse Golden, I'm uh, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that you come on to Creating Space. Anything that we can do over here to push your message, to share your light, just let us know. Um, with that being said, I, I, I want to wish you the best in this uh, launch. Um, yeah, you're going to crush it. You're going to crush it. Just, so just smile and enjoy the process, right? Smile and enjoy the process. I will. doing it. It was so nice connecting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Look, I love you to the haters. They're all around. Guys, when you are pursuing your path, when you are chasing your dream, when you are falling in love with yourself, you will not always attract positive energy. You will not always be dealt the greatest hand. You will not always be given the best circumstances, but 
If you are of the creating space mindset, you will find a way to reframe it, to open up an avenue for it to become better in your mindset, and you will access something more. You will create something more impactful. Jesse decided that, yes, the hand she was dealt with rheumatoid arthritis was a shitty hand, but she chose to look at it a different way in her life change subsequently. I want you to do the same today. Whatever's on your back, whatever monkey on your back, whatever negative energy, negative situation, negative circumstance might be hitting you. Reframe. Look at it a different way. Pull your chin up. Know that you deserve better and you can create better. And you are already, by listening to this podcast, by getting hit with Jesse Golden Story, you're already ready and prepared with the tools to design a better future. All I want you to do now is go act on it. Love every single one of you guys. Don't forget, we've got the webinar service running. The Creating Space Lifestyle Masterclass is still up. Get over to the website, creatingspacemovement.com forward slash webinar. Get into it. If you want to learn how to grow your brand, if you want to learn how to access the market on social media to your advantage, make it a little more effective, a little more efficient, jump over, let me teach you something. If you want to get into Jesse Golden's work, go get her book. You can find it on her website, thegoldensecretsoil.com. If you love her story, get out and support her. Reach out to her on social media at Jesse Golden. Let her know you loved her on the podcast. Last thing, your word of mouth is how this podcast grows. I really implore you. I'm asking you, like I do every week, share this. Play nicely with others. If this message from Jesse Golden will ignite someone else's flame, shoot it their way. Give. Always give more than you receive. And if you get a chance today to give this podcast to someone in need, you would really, really make this guy happy. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Running into the weekend. Just keep being the best version of yourself. That's the only thing you should focus on. Everything else. Everything else will fall into place. Oh, 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 oh,